0: Welcome back to another edition of the Hawk Off the Press Podcast. I'm your host, Gazette Hawkeye supporter, John Steppy, joined by my esteemed colleague, Mike Offs. Did think you say you were a Hawkeye
1: man. football supporter? Reporter. Oh, reporter. reporter. Okay.
0: We have to make that clear. Yeah. So... Now how
1: can you welcome someone back to another edition?
0: Well, because... I mean, they they haven't it been previously. to another
1: edition yet. <laughs>
0: Yeah, maybe my brain is still in Paris right now.
1: Oh, that's what it is.
0: I guess so. Well... What was the question? (laughs) I didn't get to a question yet. So, Mm -hmm. as a bring up now that it's been an interesting last week since I landed from Paris in Hawkeye Athletics. Well, you sure
1: like to mention Paris a lot, don't you? (laughs)
0: Would you rather I prefer London or mention London? I can get my whole itinerary in here if you want. How about Munich? (laughs) I did not get to Munich. Oh, geez, sorry. Yeah, London and Paris, and that was it. All right. When are you going to
1: start the podcast?
0: (laughs) Well, as I was starting to say before. It's been an interesting week in Hawkeye athletics with Yuri Barra announcing his retirement on Friday. Obviously something that doesn't happen every day. He's been here for 17 years. Something that even as long as you've been at the Gazette has not happened very often considering how long View is there before him, how long Bump Elliott and Christine Grant were there too.
1: Well, Iowa doesn't have turnover. It's one thing about the program that I've never really liked covering it because I think you need change on a periodic basis and beyond that uh, I think it, you know, selfishly, it just gets stale covering the same people over and over. And there's never been a program in college sports, especially when it comes to revenue sports, changes people as rarely as Iowa does. This is, I mean, you go through more popes than you do Iowa. I mean, The only thing I've seen less change has been the British monarchy. But, you know, wait 15 minutes and maybe that'll change again, too.
0: Looking back at Gary Barra's legacy, it's pretty much coming to a close here. As we record this on Wednesday, we don't have the interim AD announcement yet, but this will happen, we're told, this week. So looking back at Barra's legacy, definitely some highs and definitely some lows as well over the last 17 years.
1: Yes. What were the highs? (laughs)
0: <laughs> i think with football you will get the success there with two big 10 west titles a rose bowl trip of course he inherited kirk Ferentz. he did not have to make any hires in football women's basketball men's wrestling that doesn't happen very often or gymnastics for that matter um so you look at it that way you don't have that happen super often in terms of that lack of turnover going back to your previous point but still retaining those coaches Obviously, goes for something. There's been on-field or on-court success in a lot of sports, but then of course you have the drawbacks of the inordinate number of controversies, the discrimination lawsuits. You can go down the list here of things that just don't happen at other places, at least not nearly as frequently as they have had. You know, as much as they've happened at Iowa,
1: right? Um, I mean, I don't know what to add to that. I I I think. That had football not been successful, this would have happened long ago. I also think that had different people been in charge of the university or on the board of regents, this would have happened long ago. Uh, things happened. I don't, I have people who tell me that things happened beyond Barnes' control, such as the lawsuit they settled a few months ago, the racial discrimination lawsuit involving the football program and even the gender discrimination lawsuit of several years ago. I have people who claim that those were beyond Barta's control, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, 95% of all programs would have changed ADs by now. And he he was a survivor up until a point. I don't for a moment think that he actually just retired. I don't think you do either, although I haven't talked to you about this. He got as much, I think, as he could out of his contract down there.
0: That brings up a great point where while the official comment has been that it was Gary's decision, he had to at the very least have seen the writing on the wall with the contract expiring in June 2024. You look at the timing of this, this comes right after we find out not quite right after, but a couple of weeks after we find out about the sports gambling investigation, other things that just haven't looked good for Iowa's athletic department. Eventually those things are going to catch up to an athletic director. As you pointed out, 95% of places it probably already would have caught up to him. Now it finally is here at Iowa.
1: Yeah. I mean, it. W- it wasn't that many months ago when he said that he would do the job as long as the president would let him and maybe he was being omniscient at that point or maybe he did have a change of heart uh yeah maybe he's got another iron in the fire somewhere i expect him to be working somewhere in some capacity you know six months from now or when his contract officially ends i don't know uh i don't think he's retiring retiring uh I, this was something that i, I look i was got what I would still say is a new university president. She came in, Barbara Wilson, she's been tight-lipped when it comes to athletics, but she uh, had a history of, she will make changes. They bring in uh, a replacement as deputy athletic director when Barbara Burke uh, what did, I don't even remember now. Did she retire?
0: Yes, yeah, she did retire. Yeah, I, okay. think. I want to say Maine or somewhere. I'm sorry. Rural I don't
1: remember. But she was highly regarded down there. Yeah. They bring in Beth Goetz, who was the athletic director at Ball State University, Mid American conference school. No small job. And it struck me in the moment that for Beth Goetz to leave that job to become a deputy athletic director at Iowa, Either it was going to be a launching pad, or this was this was her launching pad, that she was the heir apparent. I don't know which is the case, but I know that you don't leave an AD's job to become a deputy AD somewhere too often, although Gene Taylor sort of did it. I mean, I guess he did do it. But Gene Taylor didn't have anything promised to him at Iowa. I wonder if at Iowa, Beth Getz was told quietly, you've got X number of months to get the lay of the land. And then we're going to make a change or that when we do make a change, you'll be in great position, at least, you know, to be the replacement at any rate. Despite what some people might think out there, I would say that she would be the betting favorite.
0: Yeah. You look at it. She has all the qualifications. It's incredible. It seems like every person I talk to around the athletic department has a ton of respect for her. So She's quickly gained that respect. She's done the AD job before. You were mentioning Paul State. She was the interim AD at Minnesota when they were going through some turmoil in the mid-2010s. So you look at it. She's been in this position of taking over in kind of a rocky position. Because it's not going to be an easy spot for Beth or whoever to step into. When you look at the many things going on, including the gambling investigation and that's probably not going to be an overnight process so you look at it she has the qualifications there and even going back to her experiences at other places i've heard from people who have really spoken very highly of her at other places as well so you look at it you don't have to look far i think it'll be an attractive position for a lot of ad's probably even some sitting power five ad's maybe even just because Iowa has resources. Mm-hmm. And you look at it, oh, they have you haven't. hear
1: that. You know, you hear that from some. But is it true? We'll find out. I don't know. I don't know. Iowa had AD openings, well, the last time I realized it was 2006. But I don't recall any Power 5 candidates at that time. Maybe there were, but I don't remember hearing of them. Florida came from Wyoming. Uh, When the men's basketball job was open in 2010, I think everybody assumed that they would have, you know, pick of the litter. But I don't think that the candidate list was overwhelming. I think sometimes things get inflated around here just because it is a Big Ten school. Uh, I mean, I don't doubt that there are a lot of good AD candidates around the country who would be interested. But I don't think they would necessarily be in the ACC or the Big 12 or the Pac-12.
0: I think Gene Taylor would be one possibility that would have that Iowa connection at least. Well, why would he leave? That's I mean, the million dollar question. Well, I,
1: I mean, look, he, he put his own football coach in place down there, Kansas state, a, a, the guy who was his football coach at North Dakota state, Chris Kleeman. And people are very happy with that. Uh, just because he worked at Iowa for two or three years that, why would that mean that he would want to leave for Iowa at this stage in life? You know, it's just that kind of thinking. I think, and I think it goes on everywhere, but people are very provincial thinking that their job is so desirable. And I would say desirable, yes, but overwhelmingly so. I don't know. You know, you're going to be on the spot with football because you've got a popular football coach who theoretically you would have to replace at some point, you know, unless he coaches until he's 75, he's 64, 65 now, 66, I forget. So that's a huge hire. And ADs always like to stamp their own turf. You know, they want to hire their own football coach at some point. Barta never did that. Barta accepted who he inherited and rode that horse. Without knowing this, I think that, the current university president is going to want an athletic director, who who isn't afraid to uh, to to stamp her or his own imprints around the whole department.
0: Yeah, and they really will have a good opportunity to do it because you look at Kirk Ferentz, I believe, is sixty seven. Um, Fran is off there. Yeah, Fran also in his sixties. Lisa Bluter also in her sixties. If this next athletic director is there as long as Bardo is here or Bowlesby was here, you can go on before that. There's a good chance that they're going to be replacing two or maybe even all three of those coaches just based on the math there of, okay, take any one of those and tack on 15 years. Are they all going to be coaching into their late Mm seventies? Probably not. You could look at that as a challenge. You could look at that as an opportunity. I'll be curious to see who the finalists will be when we get to that point. Although, if they do indeed do a national search, that might not be an overnight process by any means.
1: Yeah, I suppose not. Uh, you know, I I think that they should certainly t- do a serious national search. I mean, find out who's out there, get the most dynamic, skilled, you know, overall best candidate. I'm not saying it should be the person who's on campus right now. You know, if that person stands out after your process is done, that's great. And if, if you've got someone else who can steer you into the 20, the rest of the 2020s and into the 2030s and take you places you've never been before, that's great, too.
0: And that could be one of the things that makes this kind of a tantalizing opportunity is because the ceiling is there. When you look at the Big Ten is me getting this wave of resources with the new media deal and everything, where you have a lot of the boxes there checked. It'll be interesting to see. And you look at even the, like I mentioned, the coaching hires that the next AD could potentially make. There's also going to be some landscape shifts with NIL, with athlete compensation that I think could also be a big part of whatever this next person, this next AD's legacy.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that's, it's more important that your conference's commissioner is well-versed yeah. in those matters, of course. But uh, they've got a license to print money. Uh, they don't, I mean, they don't even need the license. They're, they're getting the checks. Uh, fiscal year revenue last year was what, $55 million?
0: Somewhere around there.
1: Yeah, I could be off by a million or two, but it's it's as much as anybody else in the country, including SEC schools. It's an absurd amount. You've got USC and UCLA coming into the league. I suspect they're not done expanding, and which will make the money more because it would mean more TV markets. They're not going to go anywhere where they're not going to add TV markets. So I would think somewhere like North Carolina or a Florida school perhaps. Yeah, the money is there, and that's something you can't necessarily say everywhere. Uh, boy, they know how to spend it, though. I mean, I'm going off on a tangent here, but look at the size of, of Barta's staff compared to when he took the job. Look at the size of Ference's staff when he took the job. It's it's all just unbelievable. I mean, what a military sports entertainment complex it is. It's just, I don't I don't know. It's off putting to me sometimes. Uh, I mean, my eyes just glaze over when you talk about $55 million and then you have people who don't like the NIL. It's like, <laughs> I think you can find room for that.
0: Like the Missouri coach who was complaining about the NIL that players are getting compared to the pediatrician. And how much was he making?
1: I don't know. I don't know what his brother-in-law makes.
0: Yeah, but I think he was making like $6 million or something like that. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> It'll be an interesting time. And you know, to your point, obviously, the... Well, is it
1: going to ultimately... Will this matter? Yeah, I suppose so. But come on. If they don't just roll along being Iowa, I can't see where the change is going to be massive in any way, shape, or form. If they did hire Beth Getz, yes, it would be, you know, a, a, an interesting move for the optics. You, you hate to hear her judged just by her gender, but it would be Iowa's first female athletic director. And they're a, a rare thing in Power Five schools. Uh, so, you know, she'd, she'd carry that around as some sort of whether she wanted to or not. That's what people would say about her. Uh, hopefully that would be the kind of thing that would be said for just a little while and it wears off and then she would just be the athletic director, but it would get Iowa some sort of favorable national attention for 15 minutes, as opposed to a lot of what they've had.
0: Yeah. The PR nightmares have kind of added up, you know, where they've just been in tough spots time and time again in the national press and having somebody with, kind of the array of experiences also you know looking at okay an administrator a coach a former athlete a former coach a former athlete I think that's another thing too where having that array of experiences helps having somebody who you know has not been granted she's not really your average internal candidate where granted she has been here for like a year but only really a year versus other times or here internal candidates who've been around for five years, 10 years, 15 years brings in a different perspective. And, you know, certainly women's sports is an area that has maybe not gotten as much of the, I don't know if the love is the right word for it, but as much maybe support. When you look at the results there versus a lot of the men's sports during Barra's time, so that'll be another thing to watch too. Where you look at it, women's basketball obviously has been enormously successful. But what,
1: what, what 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 are the pressing issues there? I mean, not something five years down the road, but what would the next day he walk into that's pressing? I I I'm not sure I can think of anything off the top of my head, but there have to be things.
0: I think with NIL you that's not a thing that that's an evolved they need late. the ad
1: to embrace these collectives don't they
0: yeah i think that's one kind of simple step yes yeah. and with beth avoidable yeah she was filling in for barda a couple of weeks ago at an iClub event in cedar rapids and she mentioned the swarm collective so that's probably a good sign for the nil crowd there and the other thing too is Right now we're in this collective state of that's how all this NIL is happening. There's no guarantee that's gonna be how that operates in three years, four years, mm-hmm. particularly as college leaders are looking for Congress to take action, Congress hasn't taken action, something eventually is probably gonna change there. So I think that's a pressing issue. Um, in terms of the just the future of college athletics, there could be some difficult decisions. If all of a sudden athletes are declared employees, those are going to be some tough decisions in terms of just how to, you know, figure that out because they are in a way where they're used to spending 50, that $55 million check or whatever the exact number is without having the athlete compensation as part of that.
1: That if it were Beth gets, or if it's not, how do you think the next AD looks at the, the, modified Brian Ferentz contract with what he is supposed to do in the 2023 season with 25 points per game and the team getting seven wins. I mean, I assume that that holds up, but your AD looks at, at all things football with fresh eyes supposedly, right?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. First official day is August 1st, so if somebody's hoping for the new AD to come in and day one fire Brian Ference just the timing of that logistically would make that probably unlikely, but I think you don't really have. You most likely, obviously, this is kind of speculation here at this point on May thirty first, as we record this. Barrow is kind of, you know, you kind of already he already picked his dance partner a little bit with the Fairances and that new AD as you were mentioning, might want to make a new stamp on things. And that would be an area that could curry favor with a large portion of the fan base. To... Well, what I
1: think it, it just is, is you say, okay, let well, it's, it's a clean start. You know, uh, it's like when a new coach is hired and he tells the remaining players that, you know, I'm giving everybody a fair shake and I'm, and you're, you're you know, you all started the same place with me. Well, I wonder if it's obviously not like that with a 25-year football coach who has a lot of popularity and, you know, um, and has a contract through 2029. Plus, he's he has been winning the last few years, you know, more than a Just few. Just a little bit, you know. Uh, but so you're not coming in and you're not going to be making any pronouncements about anything. It's uh, we've got our football coach. He's got his staff. I've got my job to learn. but. I would think that if they go through one more year of what they've gone through, that uh, offensively, this AD, as you said, wouldn't be tied to the the uh, current football regime like the old one was, and could make for an interesting situation.
0: Yeah, because Barra's. But like I think they're going to
1: be better on offense this year, so none of this is going to matter.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. When you're playing instead of Ohio State, you're playing Michigan State. You know, you can look at some of those different crossover games. When you look at having Cade McNamara, you know, even though they're not getting a ton of the outside love right now, I've seen a couple Pinstripe Bowl projections. But you look oh, at geez, it.
1: John, come on, they're <laughs> not going to the Pinstripe Bowl.
0: No, I would probably. Bet what are you looking at? What are you wasting network, your time
1: right? looking at? Time that we're paying you to use productively. <laughs>
0: You know, I'm seeing what the national experts are saying. I'm I outraged. Agree with them.
1: I'm outraged.
0: <laughs> okay, you can start the petition. Mike, any closing thoughts on BARDA and what's ahead for Iowa?
1: Why should I try to pretend? Uh, it's May 31st.
0: Thanks, Mike, for joining me. And thanks to our listeners for tuning into another episode of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. Until next week, we will talk Hawks later.